You're listening to yet another episode of Classic Movies Live. On today's episode, we are going to be going through our second to last episode in our uh, Oscar Best Picture nominees series. We're going to be done after this one and one more. So today we are going to be talking about the international entry for uh, the Best Picture at the Oscars. Uh, this is Drive My Car by Ryusuke Hamaguchi. This episode is um, full spoilers. Uh, we do actually have a spoiler warning before we go really into spoilers. But it's like, you know, I say, I'm going to spoil this, and then I immediately do. So, you know, if you hear if you hear me mention spoilers, tap out right then, because that's where spoilers start. Um yeah, and otherwise, it's probably just best to treat this as a full spoilers episode. I guess if you have not yet seen this movie, it is it should be available on HBO Max, if that's a thing you have available to you. So uh, check it out. Maybe come back in 179 minutes when you're done. And we will be right here waiting for you. I think... I think I can definitely recommend it. And, in, and it sort of seems like Pierre appreciated it even if he wouldn't recommend it as strongly as i did so there you go there's there's all you need to go and either watch drive my car or decide you're never going to watch it and listen to our review right now but before we do here is going to be a track from drive my car i believe this is the title theme and it is by eiko ishibashi to another episode of Heatwave Radio's Classic Movies Live, the pre-recorded show where we talk about movies that just came out, and I think that's actually true today. This one just came out on HBO Max, like, probably a week ago. Uh, we're going to talk about Drive My Car, which is continuing the, uh, the Academy of Motion Picture Arts and Sciences trend of nominating an international film in, you know, for, for Best Feature. 
for like, is this, a, this might be the fourth year in a row or they didn't do it last year. I actually don't remember, but um, um, I don't think they did it last year. Yeah. Come to think of it. I don't think they did. Cause there's parasite two years ago. Mm-hmm. And then before that, I think the year before that was Roma. So maybe, uh, yeah. maybe it's not that much of a trend. Maybe it's just happened a couple of times. Coincidentally. But um, yeah, this is a Japanese movie. It is nominated for Best International Feature, and it's pretty much the front runner in Best International Feature, I think. But it was, uh, well, I, I think it is the front runner because it's the only international feature also nominated for Best Picture. You would uh, think so, and, it yeah. is, and it is the first ever Japanese film nominated for Best, um, for best Picture. And the director of this is actually the only the third ever Japanese director to be nominated for Best Director. Very cool. Lots of cool stats there. So um, Drive My Car is three hours long. It is a very introspective movie. And it's a little bit of a surprise to see on here because it's not a blockbuster and it's not really like the kind of art movie that I feel like the Academy usually goes for personally. I don't know how you feel about that, but it's like very, it's very introspective. Uh, It's one that as much as I really, really liked it and I can gush about it to all my friends, I would have a hard time recommending it to like a lot of my friends who I mostly just go to Marvel movies with. Not that, like, I wouldn't recommend it to them. I just don't know, like, if my buddy Alex, who's been on the show a long time ago, would get a lot out of this movie, for example. Or me. (laughs) (laughs) Uh Uh-oh. Do you want me to summarize this movie first, or do you want to tell us what you thought first? Uh, No, no, we'll summarize it first. Sorry, that was more of a foreshadowing. I wasn't trying to to go with it. All right. Um, okay, so this movie, Drive My Car, is about a director. I actually have a nice little write-up here. I brought up both of my reviews because I've reviewed this movie twice. Uh, this, so Drive My Car, two years after the death of his wife, renowned stage director Kafuku Yusuke is hired to direct a multilingual production of Anton Chekhov's play Uncle Vanya. Despite knowing the play by heart and having formerly thrived in the role of Vanya, he is not willing to act in it. He's only willing to direct it um, because he doesn't want to give himself fully to the powerful lines of that Russian playwright. And beyond that, like, uh, as, as, so most of this movie um, concerns his time uh, casting and um, rehearsing and directing this play with a lot of time spent on the character relationships and sort of his journey, kind of kind of dealing with the death of his wife two years ago. Not like super actively dealing with it because it's two years ago and he's very career driven, I guess. But uh, sort of, but like that's, that's a main, his relationship with, um, I mean, his wife, but also just in general, the dead and the past is a core theme of this movie. Um, And yeah, this movie doesn't have a lot of active plot. It's a lot of uh, it's a lot of people talking. Yeah, it really is. It's a good way of describing it. I mean, that's what you said when you're uh, when we're doing our do we have an Oscar roundup episode? We had a, like, best of the year roundup, and this was my number one. Yeah, that was it. 
and you said it was quite the the talking. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. Three hours of people talking in cars, mm-hmm. and like, I loved it, but I immediately understand when other people didn't. Uh, perhaps unrelated to that, or perhaps related. What did you think of this movie, Pierre? I. Well, I, I'm kind of in the same position as West Side Story in that I think it's a movie I respect in some ways, but I just don't really, I don't really like. It's, uh, it's very long-winded, which I guess is on purpose, but, and I think the movie's made that way, but it's just, it's very, like, I could, you could easily cut an hour of this out and probably not lose that much. Um, mm. And to me, that's a bad sign. Um. But again, I guess that's not what the movie was trying to be, right? It's it's a that's a, I I really respect the vision, um, but I feel like there are a lot of things that kind of add up that really detract from a lot of the emotional. Because I think there's some great emotional moments in this movie that mm-hmm. are really detracted by because of the length and like how long winded a lot of the plot lines are and stuff. So I think there's a lot of talent both on in front of and behind the camera mm-hmm. in this movie. But it's like the director just didn't know what to cut in a lot of ways, which is unfortunate. Yeah, I actually, I actually don't disagree with that. I think that uh, Ryusuke Hamaguchi, the director of this, he had, I think that in his movies, he has maybe not a very specific, probably a very specific vision. But I, But what I want to say is like, He's got a vision of everything he wants to say in his movie, and he's not super willing to say any less. Like, when he's got a movie that he, with with all conversations, that's going to end up as three hours of people talking to each other, I, I, I feel like very little of this movie was left on the cutting room floor. Like, he didn't... He didn't leave much behind because when he was watching this movie or when he was writing it, he felt that all of that was important. And I, I don't know, like, I don't know that um, if he had been working for a studio with that had given him maybe less creative control, uh, I, I don't think he'd be able to do that. Yeah, because no one would watch. <laughs> Lots of things, just like, this is a very, like, like I was doing other stuff during this movie. Like, I, like after the first hour, I was like, okay, I'm going to, I'm kind of hungry. I want to eat something. I, I would like walk around and stuff. And I, I've never felt like I was really missing anything. Um, it's also, pro- I mean, okay. I think part of it's like, I, I got to stop watching these really long movies at like 12 AM because part of me is just like, ah, I want to sleep. Um, especially at the end, there's this really emotional scene with the, I think it was with the, in the play with the actress who's, uh, who's using ASL to act. Right. Um, I think it's KSL, but yeah. KSL. Um, and uh, that scene felt really, really I'm, I like, I felt like I should be feeling something, but it just felt really, really long because it was the end of like the three hour movie. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, please let this end. So in some ways, stuff like that was like detracted from because of, I guess, the timing of when I was watching it, but also like it wasn't helped by how long the movie was. If that makes sense. Yeah, so. I think... Um... I kind of want to get your thoughts on this. There is a there's a very common mantra in story like in storytelling, not even just in movies, uh, that says show don't tell. I mean, everyone knows that one. It's like 
the first thing they teach you when you go into a creative writing class. Mm-hmm. But what I noticed with um, with Drive My Car and a little bit as well with the other Ryusuke Hamaguchi movie I've seen, uh, Wheel of Fortune and Fantasy, which I may bring up later as well. Um, Ryusuke Hamaguchi sort of does the opposite of that. He does a lot of telling without showing, um, but he manages to do it in a way that personally doesn't bother me. But I noticed that like, uh, but like the main, the main place that that sort of materializes in this movie is there's a lot of points in the movie where the plot happens off screen and like you find out about it. It's, it's never hidden except that the actual events aren't shown, which is just kind of a really weird inversion of show don't tell um, because he's, he's telling specifically instead of showing, but like, I think it, I don't know. To me, it doesn't, to me, it works. And it's really strange because it probably shouldn't. I don't know. Did you sort of get that as well from it or, you know, in any way? So I get what specifically? Well, it's just like, um, what did you think of the fact that so much of this movie, um, oh, so much of the show, events of this movie don't show. Well, like, um, happens off screen? Yeah. I, I mean, <laughs> in some ways I wish it happened more because I feel like that would have... Uh, sped things up in some ways um but in some ways they did a little too much showing too like i think like um a lot of the stuff that happens in some ways could have been kind of like uh i don't know like talked away in like one or two lines like the whole 40 minute intro could have actually been like a couple scenes of dialogue if that makes sense uh i suppose um, I don't like, I, I guess like that's not, again, that's not what the movie was going for. I get that. But like you could have, if, if that makes sense, like you could have, and it was there. Um, and, and yeah, in terms of, I mean, like, like you said, it's like a, it's hard to say because I think part of this, again, part of the style is just that it's a very long winded movie, you know? Mm-hmm. So like the talking in a way is kind of, um, a good thing, you know, extended periods of talking. There's that one scene in the, there's that one scene in the car. Well, I mean, there's a lot of scenes in the car, but there's that one <laughs> scene with the, the young actor. The young actor is named Takatsuki. Takatsuki. Okay. Um, yeah. There's that one scene in, in the movie where Takatsuki, especially because the, I noticed the camera, he really likes to linger a lot. Um, with the camera, he won't switch angles that much sometimes. I'm um, really let the actors do their thing, which I actually really like that. The, the acting in this movie was really good. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll say that. Um, yeah, there's that one shot where Takatsuki's kind of speaking. And I, I feel like some of these dialogue scenes, especially like that, that scene's really good where it's like a very extended dial, uh, kind of monologue in a way on, um, Okay, I'm going to be honest. I didn't really get the monologue. I don't know what he was talking about. But I kind of got the vibe of it. It was like something to do with like, you know what? I, I can't even explain it. Maybe, maybe you can so, explain it better. Um, I'm going to fill in some of the blanks. And then I think that I, I think that like when you hear, oh, well, ho- hopefully when you hear what the dialogue is about, you can sort of finish your thought. Okay. Um, so in that 40-minute intro, we're introduced to uh, Yusuke's wife 
whose name is uh, Oto. And um, she is a screenwriter for TV. Um, but like part of the quirk of this movie is that she gets all of her ideas like right after having sex. So like um, she, so, so we sort of get introduced to that idea in the beginning and she starts telling this story about a girl who it's a screenplay that she's probably going to write. She hasn't really come up with it yet because she wants to finish the story first, but about this girl who is in love with some guy and starts like sneaking into his house every day. And by the time the intro ends, we've gotten most of that story, but like there's probably still some left. And specifically, I guess like the last thing that happens in the intro is she tells uh like she tells the next chapter of that story and because he's mad at her he doesn't like he doesn't help her remember what that story is so like that part so like part of the story just disappears and it never ends like he never gets an ending for it later on he's talking to Takatsuki who was also sleeping with his wife and um, Takatsuki didn't really have much of the context for any of this because he was just like a fling but um, he did get part of the story as well. He got the ending of the story. So later on in this sh- in the movie, Takatsuki is telling, uh, is filling in the gap to Yusuke about the end of Oto's story. And it's um, the ending of the story is where someone else breaks into the house. She fights off the, she fights off the burglar in the house. Again, neither of them is supposed to be in this house. So she fights off the burglar, leaves the body there, and then leaves. And then she tries to come back the next day, and the key, and there's no key anymore. Like, nothing has changed except that they now have a security camera, and she can't get in anymore. So, like, even though no one... Um, even though everyone acts as if nothing has changed, like, the world has changed in a pretty in, in like an irreversible way. And um, so that's, that's the ending of that story. And that's what that specific, um, that's the like brunt of that specific conversation. And for some extra context, that sort of comes at a point where Yusuke, well, not at a point where, but Yusuke throughout this whole movie has sort of been grappling with his feelings for his wife because his wife uh cheated on him a lot but like he doesn't he doesn't know how to process that for him that is exclusively a bad thing and, but like he doesn't know but like he never said anything about it while he was alive while she was alive and he doesn't know like how to reconcile did his wife actually care about him at all and like the ending of that story is you can interpret it in a lot of different ways but the way that i interpreted it uh, is like um, this, uh, the, the characters in the story never talk to each other. They basically just live secret lives completely aside, apart from each other. And then at the end, despite never talking to each other, just one of them makes a unilateral decision, which completely shuts the other one out. And it doesn't put blame on anyone, but it's like, it's sort of showing that like, I, I always saw that as a reflection of their relationship where, um, they're not talking to each other about the actual important stuff. And then eventually things change without anyone, you know, 
sort of uh, acting like anything's changed. And all that's happened is that they've gotten further away from each other, irreconcilably perhaps, but like no one can say anything and suddenly the moment is gone. So that's kind of how I interpreted that story. I got none of that when I was watching. Cause that, that it's a really, I don't know why, but whenever they mention the story, I just really lost focus and I stopped caring for some reason. Um, and I guess the same thing happened in the speech. Cause yeah, I, I like that. I guess like that, that whole scene was really good. Cause I guess, yeah, the whole thing's about loss and about how he's trying to, it's just the processing of emotion. Cause, and that's what mm-hmm. he talks about. I guess that's what he kind of discusses with his driver too. Um, mm-hmm. Who I guess is similarly going through the same emotions um, in some ways, but yeah. One of the things that like keeps coming up in this movie is that these are people dealing with loss but like even more abstractly, they're dealing with something really major and their like relationship to a specific person who like doesn't exist anymore. Like Yusuke can never talk to Oto and get closure ever again because she's dead. His driver, um, who is Misaki, Watari Misaki, she can never talk to her mom and get closure because her mom is dead. Like, all of these people, like everyone in this movie is missing closure with something. And like, it's just not something they can ever get. Like they can deal with it as much as possible, but like, there's always going to be that piece that's missing. Which I think is also part of, like, this kind of reminds me of pieces of a woman in a way where the, the pacing and, and the length of it is kind of, I think it kind of puts you in the mind of someone that might be experiencing loss like everything feels mm-hmm. kind of in a way kind of dreamy and like kind of almost sterile in a way if that makes sense i kind of felt like the character in that like um it was hard for me to kind of connect with things <laughs> again i don't know, like the movie's like i think like really well done in a lot of ways like technically i just like it didn't really give me the main problems are like it didn't give me characters to care about You're right, it it did not show enough, and it told too much. But I think that's like, well, I mean, it's it's clearly deliberate. I think we've pretty much established that in this movie, that even the flaws of this movie are deliberate, like, for better or worse. Because, like, there's all of the, all these characters that have a lack of closure because they can't communicate with other characters. And um, I think that that is kind of reflected for, for better or worse in the filmmaking of this, because, like, the main, uh, not the main character, one of the main characters, the young actor, Takatsuki, there's a lot of stuff that happens to him off screen because he is not the focus of the movie, but yet he affects like so much of the movie. I guess here's spoilers for the movie, but he kills a guy and he has a relationship with a minor, neither, neither of which is shown, but all of which is like super important to the movie. Yeah, I guess like that's, that that scene where he gets arrested halfway through is like is like really weird. Wait, is that a spoiler? Is that too much of a spoiler? I mean, I, I just mean, I said spoilers, kind of, so yeah, okay. hopefully, hopefully, people like tuned out there if they didn't mm-hmm. want spoilers. But yeah, that scene, like you see the scene where he kills a guy. It's just that you don't see him kill a guy on camera. Yeah, 
Um, I'm guessing it was that was that supposed to be implied to be because there's that one scene where he walks off camera for a bit because um, someone takes a picture of him and then he comes yeah. and he's like missing as he comes back. Is that that where he killed the guy? That's is this another heavy, scenario where or it's heavily that's implied. That's certainly the heaviest implied. Like it could have been any of a number of things. Heavily implied that it's that scene you mentioned right there. Okay. Um, honestly, that's that was a very quick murder. <laughs> if that makes sense. Oh yeah. <laughs> but no, that's a good point. That like that's the thing too. It's just like I I I feel like if like moments like that would have had more of an effect if the movie was condensed. Because like, at that point, I was just like, who? Like, why do I still care about this guy? Um, I mean, I, obviously, he just had that scene where he kind of confessed. Uh, uh, and told like they talked about the wife stuff in the car with the husband or the ex-husband. Yeah, like it was just like that felt really random to me when I was watching the movie because I was just like I don't really understand. Like what what did that what did that scene like the the scene with him killing someone and the relationship with the younger woman or the minor have anything to do with like the plot? If that makes sense, was it just like he could believe his wife would be with someone that's like a literal murderer slash like sexual predator well no like in a way those are just those are just things that get him that end up getting him closer to the main character because his his relationship with a minor is why he's in theater right now instead of on tv because he's kind of disgraced so that's what like gets him into like that's what gets him to meet up with yusuke again and then him killing the guy is what makes Yusuke have to take over his part in the play at the end, which is like, which also is so like, it's very tangential. It, it feels like it's tangential to the plot, but it's actually super important for Yusuke's journey specifically because a big element of this plot as well is that Yusuke just won't perform as Uncle Vanya in Uncle Vanya anymore because he feels like it brings out kind of the worst in him and it reminds him of back when his wife died because that is a that's a play he was performing around that time and like with him being forced to be back in this role that he like I mean at the very end he has the option to just cancel the entire play or let the play keep going but he has to take on the role and by him taking on that role that is to some degree, like, uh, this movie sort of telling us that he's moved on as a person, in a way. And then later, especially, the very end scene of this is, like, the ultimate of that. The ultimate, like, version of that. I don't know if you caught the end scene, but, like, the the ending scene is a little open to interpretation, but I'm pretty sure, and like, if you're still listening and you haven't seen this movie and you don't want spoilers, here's the absolute last point where I'm going to like, I'm just going to spoil the ending now. So at the very end, he gives, uh, it's a little open to interpretation, but I'm pretty sure he gives away his car to his driver who then moves to Korea. And that's what's happening in the end here. In the end is she's like, she's moved to Korea with his car. So like he's completely moved on. He's no longer like he's not and his car, to the car and he's not yeah, like, yeah. Because this movie throughout the whole movie like the the thing the only thing he loves more than his wife is his car. Yeah, well I I thought that okay, yeah, I didn't really get the ending scene. Um it makes sense when you say it, but I 
I don't feel like the. I don't know. I never felt like he really loved the car. If that, like, obviously there was like, there was like subtle signs of it. Like, oh, like everyone has these. Like, he can obviously afford a new car, and everyone has other cars. <laughs> I don't know. And because uh, I remember what in that there's that scene. At least I noticed in the scene where the the driver walked out to the car, which with the groceries, all the other cars were Hyundai's, and then there's that one car that was a Saab. It was like obviously very out of place, right? I don't know. It was, I can't remember what the scenes were like in Korea, but but it was basically like I don't want you smoking in my car. That's what I remember because it means a lot to him, and also the fact that he uses that car still. But I never felt like he had like an, this. This car means a lot to him. If that makes sense. But unless also, I'm missing like, some scenes where he did say that, or it was shown, and I just wasn't paying attention. No, no, I get that because this movie. What I noticed in this movie is. I, I think, I mean, you mentioned it before earlier too. There were, there's a lot of scenes in this movie that like, or there are like very emotional scenes in this movie, but most of this movie, everyone is so deadpan. And like, mm-hmm. not that they yeah, aren't yeah. portraying emotion, but they're portraying it so muted that it's hard, that it doesn't come across a lot because like, you know, um, I think it's totally possible to watch this movie and like not see that Yusuke feels anything for anyone or anything. But also, like, when I watch this movie, I've seen it three times now. Like, every time he talks about, like, when when he's talking, he bring he's so fussy about that car, and he's, like, so um, obsessive about every element of it that, like, it's very clear to me that there is nothing more important in his life to him than his car. Um, but, like it doesn't always come across because the way that people express emotion in this movie is extremely muted. Like this movie is, I think I described it this way uh, last time we talked about it too. It is one of the most subtle movies I think I've seen because like it just, it's, it just leaves so much up to interpretation or not even necessarily up to interpretation just for the audience to find out. Because again, there's a lot that happens off screen that like, isn't hidden, but it's also not explicitly stated. There's a lot that like, like character emotions in this are kind of like kind of nebulous sometimes just hard to figure out. Um, When he's talking to his driver, like half the time you can't tell if he's super angry at her or if they're like bonding. There's like a lot of, there's a lot of stuff in this movie. That's like so subtle it's um just it's just weird to see in you know the movies i'm used to seeing you know we see people overacting so much that i can tell when someone is sad because they are melting right now but like in this one it's hard to tell what anyone's emotions are because that's not the point yeah it's like everyone in this movie was just kind of depressed actually i don't know i mean definitely well they they were <laughs> Yeah. That's not even like, it's very, very uh, openly, I guess, not stated, but shown. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, no, but like the delivery of it was very, I guess, very ballsy, if that makes sense. And mm-hmm. very patient, which I like. And I thought that I was really happy. The I guess it, it felt more realistic in terms of like, when I, when I saw the driver, 
it sounds really when i saw the driver was female i just assumed like oh so he's just gonna end up falling in love with his driver and they're gonna hook up he's gonna get over his wife or whatever um uh i like this a lot more like that whole i don't think that there, there was any context of a romantic relationship right i don't believe no if anything like it felt closer to a surrogate father relationship except mm. also not really just like they were two people that existed in the same area and they bonded in so far as, you know, they, they had a couple of moments where they were clearly friends and then eventually they went their separate ways. Yeah. Which I, th- I actually really like, cause it's like not, I feel like there's a lot of situations where you might relate with someone and you might have like, like you said, the same, they had like very similar experiences and, because they were in close proximity with those like same feelings of regret, I guess they were kind of caught in a moment in time, but they were never like friends or anything. Like, I think they respected no. each other, but like they didn't have, I mean, that kind of hurts them. <laughs> that's that's another, like, it really hurts the movie because I never felt like any chemistry between them or like any, like I wasn't excited when they were like talking or whatever. It was very much like an employee employer type deal. There was one moment that I thought was like really cute between them. It's where they're invited to dinner at the dramaturge's house. And at one point, the dramaturge asks Yusuke, like, so how is your driver? And he goes, and he's like, says in a very like quarterly review kind of way, he's like, she's very good. Oftentimes when she's driving, I hardly realize I am in a car and I can just focus on my work. Uh, She's a very skilled driver. And like, Nothing happens except his driver at that, like his driver says has no emotion on her face, but then just like pops down from the chair to go pet the dog. Like I, th- I thought that was really cute because of like how almost never in this movie is any kind of emotion outwardly expressed. And then you get that. So it's like, it ends up being a lot more powerful by comparison, I would say. Yeah, I also liked how I remember the dog thing. It was like a, I don't know if they actually showed her moving. Like they don't focus on the her petting the dog until like later. There's a part of the scene where she's just slightly off camera, and you can see her doing something. Mm-hmm. I didn't know if she was petting a dog. I don't know if they showed that before. I just missed that, but um, I, I, I don't that really was remember. Kind of cute because I was like, why is she on the ground? Like, <laughs> mm. is she is something wrong with her, but. Yeah, no, I, that was, I guess, like the extent of it. Like he really respected her work as a driver, which is Mm -hmm. a lot coming from him because he's was so hesitant to allow anyone to drive him, especially his car. So, yeah. And And also he's, you know, he's so hesitant to even compliment people. Like mm -hmm, his actors often get on his case, like, Hey, we're doing good. Right. Please let Mm -hmm. us know. Yeah. But the driver got all the compliments. The um, single one. Yeah. But yeah, like, that's cool that, like, they didn't, it wasn't like a relationship force. Yeah, it's like sometimes that happens. So I, again, that's something, it's another part of the movie I really respected for sure. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what else to say about this movie. I feel like I have a lot of thoughts on this movie, but I'm not really sure how, like, what else to say. Mm, I'd say mm, there was, I really liked, I thought it was a beautiful movie to look at for sure. Mm-hmm. I thought, I guess, I don't know, like, like a lot of the elements I know really are supposed to tie well together, really. I, I feel like there was a lot of work put into the screenplay that I, I, I'm just not able to acknowledge because of 
how I wasn't really able to like pay attention. But I think like there was like lots of cool elements. I thought the stuff with like the, <laughs> I mean, it's kind of funny, but like the wife learning how like writing stories through sex, I think was like, <laughs> honest, it's like really weird. But for, for some reason in this movie, like I, honestly, it, it seems like a really funny thing. But in this movie, it felt like so natural. And like, of course, she's yeah. writing movies while she's having sex. Like, like a very like that's part of the process, right? It's it's kind of weird how like that's clearly like a weird quirk. That's like it's kind of funny. Like I don't know how it wouldn't be supposed to be funny, but like everyone in this movie just takes it so seriously, which I think is you know kind of kind of funny in itself. But also, I guess it works in the universe. It's just sort of it's sort of weird. I mean, and like it's funny the way it's presented. If you win awards, yeah. <laughs> especially like i don't know that whole like because i i like i, I don't know I, I felt like the i felt like she cared about him but it was obvious that they had no sexual chemistry other than when she wanted to uh write a story or she had a story in her head because i i feel like that one scene where he when he walks in on his wife and you can see how much more into it she is with the other guy uh without writing a story um, then with her husband. Well, no, no, no. Like, she still was writing a story because remember he got the ending of the story. Oh well, yeah. Well, okay, yeah. Actually, that's actually a good point. I, I guess we didn't see her telling it to him until later. But one thing I saw actually, like, I was interested on Reddit was like someone suggested that it might have been better if the because if they didn't show the first forty minutes, they wouldn't have had the context of because basically the biggest thing is the wife was cheating. Other than the fact that the intro helps you find out, can give you context on who she's cheating with, which kind of comes in to play later in the movie, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but it possibly might have been more, I mean, I, I guess it would have been more cliche too, but like, it would have been better if like, it was more of a, a twist of like, the audience finds out that's the guy that was sleeping with his wife in the scene where like, he admits it, if that makes sense. Or like, and it would have added a lot more tension, potentially. I don't know. I suppose. I mean, like, ultimately, I think, I mean, I think that specifically, but like a lot of things that you could change in this movie, not that they would result in a bad movie, but they would result in something very different. Like if this movie was result was reliant on that being a twist at the end, it would be a very different movie. Because for me, like, that 40 minutes, the main thing it does is it gives you context on who she's cheating with. Sure. But it also sets up the character. It talks about him having glaucoma, which never becomes a main theme oh, of the movie, but it's that. always there. Like, it is totally it is? always there. Yeah. Because early on, it's like, oh, you have glaucoma, so you're not going to be able to drive your car. But what we can do is we can help you. Like, we can we can try and help it not progress just take these eye drops and throughout the whole movie he's taking the eye drops so that he can drive his car but like, like that that comes up several times in the movie it's never explained like it's never something that he talks about but you know after a scene he'll take his eye drops real quick yeah but does it like yeah. actually affect the movie in any way i mean not really but i think it's a nice little character detail yeah that's that's something <laughs> I, that's something i like i guess it's like it doesn't affect the movie that much but it does like it does feed into his character more because he's like, you know, he won't, he, he absolutely wants to drive his car. That's like the most important thing in his life. But um, like it shows, it also shows like 
uh, at the very beginning, you learn about his uh, him and his wife's not failed pregnancy, the daughter that they lost. You learn like what he does and what his wife does. You see his approach to directing, which is unique because it's a multilingual approach. And you see that in action right at the beginning, because like he's performing, uh, he performs, well, he performs Waiting for Godot. He's speaking Japanese and the other person in the play is speaking Indonesian. And later on, he's performing Uncle Vanya, but he's speaking Japanese. Someone else is speaking, I think, Dutch. Someone else is speaking, I want to say Korean. I don't remember for sure. There's a lot of stuff. Going so on like, there. there is a lot of built, there's a lot of setup that happens in that first 40 minutes. And while I think you could cut it if you wanted to, it does like, it establishes a lot, actually. It's a very like efficient 40 minutes as much as it maybe doesn't always seem like it. Mm. And I think that's a lot of like, a lot of this movie because I guess, I guess maybe it was not fully, I don't know if it is fully accurate to say that this movie does a lot of telling, not showing because it feels like it does, but it actually shows a lot. It just doesn't make it super explicit all the time. So like, it's a movie that you notice more on your second and third and fourth viewing because there's all of this stuff here that fills in all the little gaps, except Mm -hmm. that like, it's not the main events. Like when you, when, when one of the characters kills a guy, it doesn't matter. You don't have to see it because if you're paying attention, all of this stuff is already there. And I think that like, yeah, I don't know if it, I don't know if that style works all the time because I don't think it works. I don't think it's very conducive to getting a lot out of it on your first viewing of it, but it is like, I mean, it's a style that is, it's very complete. Like it's very meticulous so it is all there and it's very clearly a style. I just, you know, I don't know if it's, I definitely know that it wouldn't work for everybody, but I don't know if it works all the time, I guess. Yeah. I, I don't know. I, I maybe if I was in a, a less sleepy mindset um, and I, I was maybe like, th- th- this is definitely like something I would want to watch as like a matinee, like at one o'clock or something. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that might've helped. Uh, but yeah, you, I think it's, because I guess the problem with that is like you you need it's it's almost like because for such a minimalist movie like there's like very little music. I don't, is there a soundtrack? There's like a little bit, right? There is a soundtrack. Um, um, or sorry, like it heavily the score. features a it heavily features a Beethoven quartet, and I think yeah, there is a full score. Okay, well, I guess either way, the the music was very minimal, or the movie in general is like it's a very minimalistic movie. Yet with the story, it's like very maximalist where it's just shoving everything in there and it's it kind of hopes the audience will is actively watching and is able to pinpoint what's important and what might not be and kind of take what they can from it if that makes sense Mm -hmm. um and i'm not very good at that (laughs) that's like not i i much prefer more efficient storytelling in my opinions but um so that's in a lot of ways that's just a, a preference thing I mean, uh, I certainly won't force you to watch it again, but I will say that, like, I I already enjoyed this movie a lot on my first time. I enjoyed it even more on my second and third time watching it. So, like, mm. you know, if I mean, Don't for for anyone that's listening, you know, <laughs> if if you've watched if you watch this movie and it doesn't quite click, but you think it might, I think it's one that benefits from watching it over from watching it a few times. Mm. Although, you know, if you watch it the first time and don't like it then it's probably not going to get that much better on your second time. 
Yeah, that's that's what I'm worried about. I don't know if I can commit another. But that's the thing. It's not even like like three hours for some reason. Always feel like the Batman was three hours. It doesn't feel mm-hmm. like three hours. But like I didn't mind doing that. This one was like I was scared to watch this because I knew it was gonna feel like three hours. Um, <laughs> going into it. So, anyways, I don't know. I I it's a it's an all right movie. Um, I would probably wouldn't like recommend this to my friends and stuff. But like I think it's like if you were into filmmaking, you might admire for like a few different reasons. Mm-hmm. For sure yeah i definitely think it's a tough sell like i 100 percent recommend it just in general because i love this movie but i would have a really hard time recommending it to like well definitely wouldn't be able to recommend it to my dad but like i have a lot of friends that you know i have similar movie tastes too and yet i don't i still don't think i would be able to recommend it to them because it's like it's a three hour movie that's all conversations and it's all in Japanese. And like, that's not a bad thing, but it does make it a bit of a hard sell to a lot of people. That's why I think that's why to some degree, I'm really surprised it made it onto the Oscar best picture nominee list because, you know, if we look at some of the other things on there, don't look up is on there and don't look up is extremely explicit. And like, it like never lets movie. it never keeps you guessing. It's it's yeah. <laughs> yeah. If you if you come out of don't look up not understanding what don't look up is about, I don't know who you are and what you've been doing <laughs> this movie. You were probably in the bathroom the whole time. Like there's no way that you can not understand don't look up. And with this movie, it's not that it's difficult to understand. It's just that like it's very subtle. Like there's there's a lot going on and. I don't think I would be actually surprised on the other end of the spectrum if you came out of this movie and you fully, completely understood the world and had pieced all of it together. You know, not everyone will connect with it, but there's an awful lot to grab onto here and just sort of run with. I've written two very long reviews for this. Mm. Both of them are very different because I came out of this movie two different times with completely different experiences because there's just that much to grab onto. That there is a lot of movie to grab onto. Yeah. A hundred and seventy nine minutes of it. Yeah. So what would you give this best picture nominee is if you were if you were to rate it? Uh, probably a six. Okay, that's fair. I mean, for me it's a ten out of ten, but like, you know, I think I don't know. I think I've uh, I think I've made it clear like the caveats on that. Not necessarily caveats, but like I, I really connected with this movie. I mm. thought it was great. I think that other peop- that there are plenty of other people out there who will also really connect with this movie. If someone listening to this tries to watch it and goes, Jeff, what the heck? Totally get it. 100%. Yeah. Understandable. So next week we're going to do West Side Story and then, uh, and then we'll see. Maybe we'll do like Batman or something after that. I guess we got to do Batman eventually. We did say we were going to do Justice League last year, and then we didn't. We should probably well, yeah, like actually do Batman at some point. Maybe we can do like a whole, a whole thing during the summer on like Justice League and East Batman League. and stuff. And oh God, who knows? 